Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I feel like I wasted my Sunday. We really, truly did. We wasted our Sunday this week because we watched the horrendous, terribly long and boring movie titled, get ready, to, if if, you, if know, you have time. If you have time to listen to the title of this movie, here I it don't. is. <laughs> Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. So it's why makes no sense. Nicholas Cage is the titular character. <laughs> he is a bad lieutenant in New Orleans. Port of call. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll leave it there for now <laughs> because <laughs> Hannah's got some juicy stuff she wants to share with us. So juicy. And I think what she wants to start with, she loves it as we discussed last week. She loves just Those talking numbers. numbers. She loves talking numbers. So kick us off, Han, with some numbers for this movie. You're going to be furious. I I know the Rotten Tomatoes score. Why? It's 85. Yeah. 85% out of 100. 85% of film critics. That's a solid B. (laughs) That's a B to be like... I got a B. I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah, that's like I crammed all night for my chemistry yeah. exam. If I'll I take crammed all night for my chemistry exam and got an 85, I'll take that shit. Absolutely, I'll take that right to the bank. Organic chemistry with a curve that might even be an A. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, well, this isn't organic chemistry, and there is no curve. This is barely even movie making. <laughs> 85 and then 60, uh, 66, 6.6 out of 10. Okay, so that's about like average. It's not spectacular. Yeah, it's a D. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you um, have a budget? Yeah, I do actually. What do you got? Budget's 25 mil. Okay. Box office is 10 mil. Good. I'm glad this movie didn't it make lost, any money. <laughs> lost some, lost some money there. Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> this was a this. I don't. I know you can already tell by our voices and what we've said, but this Dude, was this a sucked. pain to this watch. Sucked hard we have not watched a movie this bad in a while no we've watched bad movies but we haven't watched a movie this fucking boring in a while this was way worse than g-force oh my god yeah well g-force was an hour long this was a full two hours i would gladly watch (laughs) g-force for 24 hours straight i'd rather watch watch the wicker man again and i found that boring too wicker man's fun it was pretty boring until the end that's true that's true (laughs) that's fair anyhow as we speak over each other about how much we hate this movie. Oh, whatever. We've been talking about it all day. <laughs> oh, God. I just can't let it go. Wake up in a cold sweat thinking about this movie. Fuck. <laughs> so Hannah's going to get off to our next segment of this episode of this podcast program that we do, where she discusses a little bit of behind the scenes information. So, But before we get into that, do you want to start with the thing we teased last week? The Kathleen Turner? Yes. Yeah. So last week we discussed on, on last week's episode about how we weren't exactly sure when Nicolas Cage's lawsuit ended between him and Kathleen Turner. It was a libel case, I think. Do you have the details? I do. Okay. All the got? details. So the year is 2008. The year of Bad Lieutenant is 2009. Ah, so we so missed it. Sorry, I missed folks. it. Sorry about that. 
lot going on in his life in these years with the housing market crash. Mm. So let's see. Nicolas Cage sues Kathleen Turner over dog napping tail is the title of this article. And it says that Kathleen Turner wrote an autobiography called Send Yourself Roses. And Nicolas Cage is not happy about it. In fact, he's so unhappy about it that he is suing. So she said, and I think I talked about this back when we did Peggy Sue Got yeah. Married, uh-huh. which is our second most popular. Yeah, episode. it's got over 100 downloads. So let's see. Kathleen Turner writes this of Nick Cage. She said that he caused so many problems. He was arrested twice for drunk driving and I think once for stealing a dog. He'd come across a chihuahua he liked and he's stuck in his jacket. On the last night of filming, he came over to my trailer. After he clearly had been drinking heavily, he fell on his knees, asked if I could ever forgive him. I said, not right now. I have a scene to shoot. Excuse me. And I walked away. Nicholas didn't manage to kill the film, but he didn't add a lot to it either. For years, whenever I saw him, he'd apologize for his behavior. I'd say, look, I'm way over it, but I haven't pursued the idea of working with him again. Was it her dog? She just said a dog. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. What is he apologizing for? being difficult to work with yeah now he's apologizing for being difficult to work with but she said that back then he would come into her trailer and be like i'm so sorry that he was difficult to work with even then well yeah he fucked that movie up well we know this (laughs) anyway keep going i'm sorry i'm confused but keep going this is the case so a defamation libel and slander case had been issued at london's high court Oh. Not sure why it is London. in the UK. Yeah, It relates to the claims made in Kathleen Turner's book over Mr. Cage's behavior when the pair co-starred in the 1986 comedy Peggy Sue Got Married. Christ. Miss Turner has yet to respond to the case, which um, back in 2008, that when the case came out, she hadn't commented on it, but they've since, like, it's been cleared and everything since. But we'll, mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that when it happens. I think it's 2011 or something. Okay. So it says that false allegations appear in a forthcoming autobiography. As legal seating, legal proceedings have commenced, it would be inappropriate to comment further. So that's all that came out in 2008. It was just that Nicolas Cage sued her for libel, defamation, and slander. Because of her. Book. Because of her comments, but also like he's he just needs money at this point. That's true. So <laughs> Okay, so the results of the trial or the results of the case don't come out until twenty eleven. Something like that. Okay. Maybe fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Cause I think I know the end of that dispute. You're very fast at typing with one hand. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, just kidding. It was that year. He won an apology from her that year. Oh. <laughs> it went it. To, it went to court. Neither of them were present because it was in the UK. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's where the publishing company was. Oh, yeah. Fair. Let's see. Uh, Nick Cage's lawyer told the court that the offending passages from the autobiography appeared in Daily Mail and on its website under the headline, Why I Detest Burt Reynolds and Nicolas Cage. They were based on Mm. the experiences... He said that the allegations were false and caused damage to the claimant's personal and professional reputation. And then I guess she apologized and So no money was involved. I don't think so. Wow. That's dumb. That's very anticlimactic. Sorry we teased that for you folks. (laughs) 
I don't know. But that is interesting, There might though. be more to this, but I don't care enough to look it up. So. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Kathleen Turner, her star has Dimmed. fallen considerably since the Peggy Sue got married days. Yeah, she's pretty irrelevant. Yeah, she's the most relevant thing she's done is... Was write that autobiography. <laughs> well, and then she was Chandler Bing's dad in Friends. And then... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then she played Frida Felcher in Dumb and Dumber 2. Well. Yes. <laughs> relevant. Uh-huh. Super relevant. Yeah, so, you know. So, don't know, don't care. Um, if you're curious... Look it up yourself. Wow. No, people come here, Head, so that they don't have to do this stuff themselves. themselves. No, no, no. We're talking about the movie. That's fair. All right. Well, if you care about this case, which... Oh, he won damages, too, it says. But it doesn't say how much. So, like, I'm going to have to keep looking things up with one hand. Okay. <laughs> you really want me to, like, no, keep no, going no. here? No, no, no. This is a long-ass movie. Okay, well, she admitted that... It was fake, false. Whoa. All right. It's getting juicy here. Maybe I will continue with this. Okay. Yeah. She admitted that the allegations were false and agreed to pay Nick Cage's legal costs and make a donation to... Oh, I'm so glad that I looked this up. (laughs) I take it back, everyone. I'm sorry. I'll do the work for you. Okay. She agreed to pay for Nick Cage's legal costs, as well as her publisher and the Daily Mail as well, for putting out that article. Right. So all three of them agreed to pay his legal costs and make a donation to a charity chosen by him that helps the victims of elder abuse. Oh, interesting. Why elder abuse? I don't know. It's a great cause, but I'm curious if there's a connection. No, I don't know. Hmm. Now that, if you want to know more about... You look it up. (laughs) Right. Or if it comes up in a later episode, we'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. Wow. All right, Nick. (laughs) Good guy, Nick. Good guy. Really could use the money at this point in time, but you know what? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was symbolic, it seems. But he didn't lose any money from the slander or libel suit. No, no. So that's good. And his legal costs were all paid for. Exactly. So that's great. Amazing. So that's that. All right. So fast forward. The other thing that I was going to look up is what happened to his neck. He on his like, what is it? The right side of his face. He has a weird scar happening at his jawline. And I, for the life of me, can't find anything online. Yeah. I I found some Reddit articles of people like what happened to his neck. And then no one can tell you the answer. Yeah. So. All right. That, if you want to look up and let us know, would be very helpful. Please Or do. if you already know, yeah. let me know, because I'm quite curious. Absolutely. Let's get on to the movie. Oh, my God. Okay, so fast forward a year. It's 2009. 2009, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call. Actually, rewind to 1992 when Bad Lieutenant was made. Yes. This is actually a remake of a movie oh, starring a Harvey okay. Keitel, who mm-hmm. is Nick Cage's co-star in National Treasure 1. That is true. He's and National, National Treasure, Treasure 2. 2. Not co-star, but he, ah, they fine. appear together. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so the this is this is wild. Okay. <laughs> so the director of the 1992 version of this film, Port uh, Bad Lieutenant, said that finding out that there was going to be a remake of his movie was a horrible feeling, like getting robbed. <laughs> he said that everyone involved should all die in hell. <laughs> 
And he said, how can Nick have the audacity to play Harvey Keitel? Amazing. Since he, this able Ferrera and like the director of this movie, Werner Herzog, have cleared the air. But that's what he said when it, when it first happened. Isn't that insane? Everyone That's making hilarious. this movie should die in hell. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel the same way. I wish way, more but... people would have the audacity to say that before Nick Cage's movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Originally, this movie was supposed to be in New York City, but Nick asked for it to be changed to New Orleans of because he he's hard for New Orleans, but also because he wanted to help post-Hurricane Katrina. Gotcha. So he thought that bringing more business to the city would be good. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't paint new orleans in a particularly positive light if anything it's more on the negative side because he plays a corrupt lieutenant who and he's tackling prostitutes and drug smugglers so it's like is that what the city's full of okay so interesting that you brought this up Mm -hmm. because like i said originally was written new york city originally this movie was written to just be a cop drama right and as Steve and I discovered while watching this film, mm-hmm. they added some nuances that <laughs> detract, I think, from the story. Big time. Um, or at least don't go together. Do you want to save it, them for later? Or I would like to save now? them for later, okay, okay. but I will say that I this movie is like alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh. I love the, the poetic simile. Out of one Miss Hannah Martin. Credit. <laughs> oh, okay. I read a few articles okay, and, okay. and that is kind of what I got out of it. This movie is like alchemy. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Where you have the writing of the screenwriter, mm-hmm. which is very po- like point two, I would say. It, it's just, this is a cop drama. Yeah. Starring Nick Cage. And sure. I'm going to write it like a cop drama. Okay. Then you have Nick Cage, who in an article I read, someone described him as having Tourette's in this movie, which yeah. I could for sure see. To be fair, he does that in every movie. Yeah, but I think even more so in this one. I agree. There's just a lot of random outbursts from him. And I'll, every time Steve, there's so many fucking scenes in this movie. So oh every God. time Steve gets to one of them that I know from reading that Nick Cage just ad-libbed the entire scene. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, and then you have the director who, on the fly, made some really interesting decisions that reminded me a little bit of, uh, shoot, what is that movie that we hate? <laughs> Wild at Heart? Yeah. David Lynch? Yeah, it's some David okay. Lynch shit. Okay. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, there are some, there are some moments, yeah. I think. Uh-huh. The music choices. The music the was animals. incredibly distracting. <laughs> yeah. It was so distracting. So that was all like not written by the screenwriter. Of course it not. It was all like last minute additions by both Nick oh my God. and Werner Hartzog. Wow. I know the name Werner or Werner. You don't. You don't. Hartzog. I feel like I'd heard people talk this about him This is like before. the biggest movie he's ever made. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. You don't know him. But he's also an actor. Is he? He's an actor, writer, and director. So maybe I know maybe him as an actor and something else. Um, so he said a few things that I would like to the director? share. Yeah, after okay. we get to the scenes. Okay, okay, okay. And then the last stuff that we'll talk about here is some behind the scenes Nick stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
when he made Leaving Las Vegas, he got drunk a lot to film. Right. I think as I mentioned, but in this movie, he is on a ton of drugs and he said that he was never under any influence. Okay. Um, in fact, everything that he snorted was baby powder. Can you snort baby powder? I, I don't guess think you, can. you should. I don't think you should either. So, yeah. And let's see. We had a kid in high school who snorted uh, the sugar at the bottom of a Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> is he okay now? He sneezed nonstop for like a full period <laughs> for like 45 minutes. He just kept I'm pretty sneezing. sure that there were some kids who snorted pixie sticks in my school. Yeah. Cool, bro. Yeah. What are you? Why are you trying to prove? <laughs> what are you trying to prove? I'm 14. That I don't think can. this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like the teachers would tell us not to sniff glue and whatnot. And I never understood why. Right. The kids who snorted the pixie sticks, they knew why. It's like, yeah. I love, <laughs> I've seen a lot of memes lately that are like, kids didn't know anything about drugs and then dare came in and told them all the things all about, the things all, the about drugs. all the drugs yeah. <laughs> yeah did you have a song a song no yeah. did you have a song we had a song do you remember the song oh i remember the song Are i'm you... not going to sing it free <laughs> tune in next week folks <laughs> um actually i feel like i should because i want to get your reaction and let me know if you think it makes sense okay so it goes d I won't do drugs. A won't have an attitude. R I will respect myself. E I will educate me now. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing about that song. <laughs> you could very, very easily remove all the won'ts and make them wills, and oh, then yeah, it becomes yeah. a song. I didn't even think about that. But about the doing drugs. E I will educate me. I will educate me. Yeah, it should be myself. I will educate myself. But also, like, if you're going to make a song about not doing drugs, you should make it so that it's not easily adaptable into a song D, about doing drugs. I'm going to do drugs. <laughs> a, I'll have an attitude. Yeah. R, I won't respect myself. E, I won't educate myself. Somebody definitely <laughs> sang that song as they blazed up or, like, stuck something in their body. <laughs> then they sang it that way, and they thought they were cool at a frat party or something. Yeah, that's funny. That for sure happened. Wow, where were we? What were we talking about? Nick Cage was um, snorting, Nick Cage baby, snorting baby, baby powder. powder, and then the last thing that Nick decided to do, along with a lot of other outbursts, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. is um, I don't. This isn't spoiling anything, but in every single scene that you see him, he decided that he wanted to wear his gun as a like bulge coming out of his pants. Yeah, he's every in... time you see his gun, it is sticking the... out of the front of on... his pants not... by his zipper, not in a holster. No. He's a lieutenant. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a bad lieutenant. (laughs) He bad. Okay, so that gets me to another thing where I mentioned this to Steve before, like after we watched the movie or in the middle of the movie, perhaps, Hmm. where I I thought that this was going to be like like a campy kind of film. Almost satirical. Yeah, but also like kind of like bad moms you know that right that hit bad moms Absolutely. like oh those moms they're so bad like i thought that that's what this is gonna right. be like oh nikki you so bad you are <laughs> such a bad lieutenant <laughs> it's not like that at all it is very much not like that and you said that you thought it was gonna be like this but without the random shit i thought right? it was gonna be well, yeah, without like a the top drama, right? And I thought it was going to be thirty minutes shorter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because 
So, okay. So before we get into it as oh well. Oh my God. We have so much. This is going to be such a, be a long, long podcast because like you said, there's a million scenes. Well, so I was about to say that. I haven't said it on the podcast yet. <laughs> oh, but sorry. No, that's okay. But yeah. So I just out of habit, when I write the scenes down, I bullet them, but my bullets you are number numbered. Mm-hmm. So most movies get to about 30 scenes 30 nick cage scenes some of this movies where he's not in much um it might only be three four obviously we've talked about those some movies like the rock or something where i wrote down alcatraz as the scene and then the whole movie essentially takes place there so it's like one but there's different rooms that kind of thing cuts cuts, exactly this movie easily got up to almost 60 let me let me see like the movie the budget is 25 million dollars and that's just like how I can't imagine how long this movie took to film because of all this setting up that it takes to set up each scene. No scene is longer than like 60 seconds. Oh. Well, there are a few that were supposed to be short and then they ended up being long because Nick just kept going. And the, the director was like, yes, yes, continue. Yeah. So I just checked 58 separate That's, Nicolas it, Cage scenes. It seemed like more, honestly. Unbelievable. So I won't go through all of them, um, but we will discuss them. <laughs> In some detail. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add before we get into the movie? No, I don't want to take up. I think I've said enough. <laughs> okay. So I think what I need to do with this movie in order to really, truly break it down is I've gone through my notes and I've highlighted three different types of things. One is the weird things that Nicolas Cage does. Two is... The exactly th- what I said. The alchemy, right? Exactly. <laughs> Two is the things that Nicolas Cage screams. So it's also so I know where to cut things in for the podcast later. And three is the weird things that other people in this movie do. And or other things. Or other things. Yeah, exactly. And other people in this movie could include the director. So Yeah, it was so, all his choice. So I think what I need to do for this week's episode is really just lay out the plot. And then we'll go through these three things that I've highlighted. As and we can talk about them separately. Differently. Because there's 60 scenes. We'll be here for like two hours. <laughs> so as we mentioned, Nick Cage is a bad lieutenant. But yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, he's not a lieutenant yet. He is bad. He's a douche. So his partner, uh, Val Kilmer, and him are going into a police precinct where Hurricane Katrina had just happened. And the water is rising. And they're trying to get some stuff out of the police precinct. And they stumble across a guy who's in a jail cell and it's slowly filling up with water from Hurricane Katrina and he's about to drown. And so Nick Cage and Val Kilmer are being D-bags and they're even betting on when he's going to drown and how long it's going to take this guy to die. But Nick Cage ultimately jumps into the water and saves this guy's life. So because he jumped... Is it because they don't explain it? They don't explain it. Because he jumped, we'll just say that. Sure. Even though he jumped into water that was like neck high and it should be fine. That did some damage to his back, which the doctor said. The very next scene after this is the is doctor's office. The doctor says, you're never going to quite be the same, but I'll give you something for your pain management. So fast forward six months, Nick Cage is very much addicted to painkillers and cocaine. That's the beginning of the movie. That's the, that's, Baby power. that's the base layer of this movie. Nick Cage. Pain pills and baby powder. Nick Cage and Val Kilmer and a few others. They then are, oh, because of his efforts to save this guy's life and his efforts in Hurricane Katrina, Nick Cage gets promoted 
from whatever he was below lieutenant corporal what I, I, I have no idea or above i, I have no i have no idea but he becomes lieutenant so now he's a bad lieutenant because he's addicted to drugs so he then stumbles across well not stumbles across he is charged to investigate a five-person murder a whole family is murdered in new orleans uh, i believe it's a mom a dad two kids and a grandmother or something along those lines so he's addicted to drugs he is um, also dating Ava Mendez, who's in this movie as well, who plays a prostitute, who there's issues with her. We'll get into later. There's this murder, and there are three suspects that they like for this murder. And one of them is Exhibit from uh, Pimp My Ride fame, which is always good. And then, it was uh, exciting to see him in here. Absolutely. He was actually one of the best actors. We'll get into that, too. But... Then they also need, this case relies on the need for a uh, witness. The witness is Forrest Whitaker's son, uh, Denzel Whitaker. So that's that. That's the movie. That's the plot. He's got issues with uh, drugs. He's got issues with gambling as well, I should mention. He's got issues with prostitute, sort of, because that's uh, his girlfriend or wife-girlfriend. His dad is an alcoholic. Um... And he's always lurching and kind of stumbling around this movie because of his back pain. And he's trying to investigate this murder. There it is. Are you good? Yeah. I was looking up the rankings of police officers. <laughs> Come up with anything? I think I think sergeant is so below lieutenant. He was a sergeant and he becomes a lieutenant. Perhaps. Okay. Good. <laughs> So, let's go through this movie with the weird shit that people do and say. So, that I laid out the plot while you were looking that up. <laughs> you weren't paying attention, but that's okay. One of the things... I watched the movie. <laughs> all right. So, the first thing we have to talk about, I think, is his hair, which we almost mm. always talk about. It's amazing in this movie, too, because it's it's bad. It's like it's been in all these other movies. It's not shoulder length or anything, which it wasn't like Bangkok it's Dangerous. It's long, though. It's just... And why does he keep it so long? I don't know. It's and like he's holding on to it. He's constantly fixing it, too. Like, <laughs> like he's that's Elvis make or it some better. shit. It is an Elvis thing. He loves Elvis. He does love Elvis. Fuck, it's an Elvis thing. Good call. I did um, not read that, by the way. No. That just came straight off the noggin. Top of the dome. All right, the next thing I think we have to talk about is his voice. Oh, my God. So I also in, didn't read anything about that. In the beginning of this movie, Nick Cage is really, he's doing the Cage voice. He's like, oh, we got to get this guy over to the precinct. You know, like he's doing that. But as the movie it progresses, <laughs> he goes from that. something. He goes from that to like a bubble in his throat. He's like, we got to get this guy over to the precinct. He also does like a Brooklyn accent at he some point. He also starts mumbling in such a way that <laughs> I could not. I, we should have put like subtitles on. I could not understand one fucking word he said. But then by the end of the movie, and maybe we'll explain the context for this or maybe we'll forget because I hate this movie so much. But by the end of the movie, he does like the Irma Gerd voice. <laughs> where, and he literally. Irma Gerd. Oh my God, what does he say? Let me find it. Is <laughs> at the end. Oh, I fern the spurn. What? I found the spoon. <laughs> yeah. I fern the spurn. 
he says as he touches an old rusty spoon to Ava Mendez's face. We'll, we'll get to that. I guess we will. I don't want to get to that because I have that, some facts about that. Oh, fucking Christ. Okay, because that scene really just, I my eyes glazed over in that scene, but I guess we'll get to it later. Just go through the movie scene-ish by scene-ish. Like, just only talk about the scenes with things that happen. That's what I'm kind of trying to do. Okay, yeah. all right. So one of the suspects that they need to bring in for this murder they they bring in the suspect and they call Nick Cage to let him know, hey, we brought in this suspect. Sorry, and- I just want to say, if okay. this is really difficult for any of you to follow, we could not understand what was going on with this movie while we watched it. It was real. It, it was, took it took a lot of focus. It took all of my energy <laughs> to figure out how to explain this movie to you, fine folks. So, all right. They bring in one of the suspects, and when they do that, Nick Cage is not at the precinct, but he's at a drugstore. Do you recall this scene? Already. We're already there. Well, I laid out the crime. I laid out the the first scene with the prisoner and the drowning and the, how he gets promoted. So yeah, we're, we're there. Because there was did, a five-person murder. Did we get to... You were also not paying attention to me and looking up police rankings. No, I know. But I'm wondering, in context of the film, did mm-hmm. we get to the highway with the alligator yet? No, okay. that's, that's like halfway through the movie. I don't remember. That's like an hour from now. <laughs> this is one of the early scenes. I don't remember the order of scenes. Okay, well, I'm trying to lay it out for you. I just want to make sure that you don't forget anything. I will not forget the alligator bit because that was so fucking weird. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We need to talk about the pharmacy scene. Okay. <laughs> Talk about it. I think I might just insert the whole clip. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you all deserve to hear this. It's incredible. Enjoy. Yeah. Who brought him in? That's who's questioning him? I'll be there in 10 minutes. Tell him I'm on my way. Tell him if he puts his hands on this guy, he's going to have a problem. I don't give a shit, Armand. You tell him to take a fucking break. She crazy. Excuse me, could you tell me how much longer that's going to be? Hello, miss! I'm a lieutenant in the police department. I'm in the middle of a homicide investigation. Can I get my prescription, please? Do you see I'm on the phone? Hey, you can't come back here! You got me waiting 30 minutes so you can make a fuck personal phone call! This is it. Come on, guy. Police emergency. This is it. You know, cop. What's that look like? Then why are you acting all crazy for? This is uh, $23 with my copay, right? Here's 40. Get everybody a drink. Get the fuck out of my way. So, (laughs) that's an incredible scene. Oh, my God. All right. So, all right. The next scene, he gets over to the precinct where they're interrogating the first of the three suspects that I mentioned there are three suspects one of them is exhibit this is not exhibit so when he goes to say hello Hannah's laughing because I'm doing a hand motion so when he goes to interrogate this first guy he puts his hand out to shake his hand but almost like a dead fish right you know when somebody gives you that dead fish by putting their fingers pointing down at the ground and then and then the motion is like to flick something away right but that's okay so what I'm trying to say is that when most people so like if you do that motion to me you know, that's like how many people would greet a woman or, or, or the queen. Or you would like kiss my... You, you would kiss, kiss the ring. My ring or whatever, my 
your knuckles. My yeah, my right. knuckles. <laughs> That's how you should do it. But instead, what these two gentlemen did, Nick Cage and the suspect, <laughs> is they both went out for the dead fish. And they did like a back of the hand high five. Like you're flicking away something. Yeah, but like, <laughs> why? That's not how you greet a person. Fucking hell. So we also find out that Nick Cage is... Do we need to talk about that more? Well, it was just funny when we were watching it because we immediately (laughs) did it to each other. We said no words to each other. We immediately just reached over and did it. (laughs) I can't even do it now. That's how I want to greet you from now on. I hate it. I have to greet you because I don't see you enough. (laughs) Yeah, we see each other all day, every day. (laughs) Fucking hell, where were we? Okay, yeah, so we find out that he is getting his drugs from the precinct he's got a deal worked out with michael shannon who's in this movie as the guy who's kind of smuggling him drugs from the inventory room so as he's talking to michael shannon he does that thing where like he yawns through his talking which was really odd it was really forced it was so bad so i'm not even gonna try it i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna insert it just trust us it was horrible okay the next scene we have to talk about because he is parked outside of a club because one of the things that Michael Shannon told him was that, look, they're installing cameras. I can't really get you drugs anymore. So now he's parked outside of a nightclub and he follows this young couple to their car. He pulls out his badge and his gun, which is in the front of his pants. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, all right, dump out your pockets and your purse. And it's like, okay, so he's looking for drugs. Right, he's looking. Yeah, I think to he take... frames it like right. someone at the club stole drugs, pushing drugs or something. Exactly. So lo and behold, this young couple has drugs on them, but the girl decides to instead of just giving him the drugs, she lights up what he assumes is coke, I guess of some kind, crack maybe. Yes. Yeah, because you don't you don't smoke, <laughs> you don't, you don't smoke coke, right? So that's what he assumes. And she takes a big inhale and exhales into his mouth, which he seems to very much enjoy. He's like, <laughs> Nick Cage is in, so it's Nick Cage and this <laughs> random young woman. And, and the poor boyfriend is just watching. And he's just watching. He's just sitting there kind of uh, awestruck. Nick Cage and this woman, they're getting so close. They're taking hits of this. They start making out. Making out leads to hand stuff. Hand stuff leads to full-on sex in front of this guy. That either picked her up at the bar or is her boyfriend or something. In, in a parking lot. In a parking lot, in public. So this it's guy... It's really, really disgusting. So this guy says, enough is enough, essentially, and he starts to take off. But Nick Cage pulls his gun out of the front of his pants and well, fires it. That's probably down by his ankles or maybe on the hood of the car or in his hand or something yeah. at this point. But it doesn't matter. But he fires the gun into the air and shouts at the guy. Fucking stand there and And that's pretty much the end of the scene. But throughout the sex that Nick Cage is having with this woman, of course, he's making the young man watch. But he's also saying things like really odd about her mother and father. Yes. He's like, he's like, I bet you're, if your mother and father saw this, they'd be disappointed in you. I bet, like, you're, yeah, I bet I'm you're, sure they would. I bet your mother's waiting up for you to come home tonight or something. Like yeah. he says really I went, creepy I shit. I bet you went to school and your mom dropped you off in the morning. <laughs> yes. And she's like, yeah, I did, baby. I bet when you were at school that you you got in trouble and your mom had to come pick you up. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Fucking weird. 
Okay, so that was one of the weirdest scenes. Maybe the weirdest. No, another, that was not the weirdest scene. Another please. contender for weirdest scene is an upcoming scene, which is where he attends the funeral of the five people who died. Now, the five people who died were Senegalese from Senegal in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I they, guess they have a funeral ritual. Where they, um, you know, they spit something out on top of I think it's tequila. The, is it tequila? They spit it out on top of the caskets. So Nick Cage is just kind of standing in the back like a mystery person would at any of these kinds of things. Sorry, I just remembered this woman. And then this woman comes out of nowhere. I guess maybe she was the matriarch of the family or something like that. And, uh, you know, I thought she died, but maybe not. And she pulls him aside. And some of the worst acting I've ever seen by this woman. (laughs) She sounds, if you close your eyes, you're like, oh, this woman is very upset. She's obviously crying. But then you look at her face and her face is just not sad at all. And she's like, look what they did to my baby or whatever. Like, you need to find them. And he's like, yeah, I'm a cop. I'm working on it. Like, how in, how in God's name? I would just, the funniest part of the scene was your reaction to it. So, okay. Another scene that comes up very, let me, did I skip a page? No. Okay. So almost immediately after this scene, after that Senegalese funeral, is Nick Cage finds out that there was a witness, as I mentioned, Forrest Whitaker's son, Denzel Whitaker, who's 19 at the time of filming. He's playing a 15-year-old. He looks pretty young. Yes. So he finds out that this is the the guy that he needs. So last known address or whatever is his grandmother's place. So he goes to this assisted living facility to hunt down the grandmother. Very nice assisted living facility. So the grandmother... And the grandmother is actually a nurse. The Forrest Whitaker's son's grandmother <laughs> is actually a nurse in, at this assisted living facility. So the nurse... I thought she was a hairdresser at the assisted living they facility. They mentioned that she's a nurse. Okay. So the nurse and the old lady that she's taking care of are two more of the worst actors I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> yeah. life. I literally wrote down in my notebook, in all caps, I said, does anyone know how to act? No. Because they simply do not. Aww. So, <laughs> Nick Cage lays Horace out... Horace Whitaker's son is very good in this movie. He's great. And he's great in Black Panther, and I'm sure he's great in other stuff as well. But... <laughs> everyone, okay, so yeah. So, Forrest Whitaker's son, and surprisingly, Exhibit, and Jennifer Coolidge makes a surprise appearance later. Oh, yeah, she's good too. Those are like the only three actors in this movie. Everybody else is standing on their X and saying their lines. I'm sure Werner Hortzog or whatever his name is, was probably just like, all right, no, no, this time you want to be sad on this one. <laughs> and they're like, how do you do that? What does sad look like? What does sad look like? So we also, all right, so one of the most nouveau shamanic one of the most cagey moments comes from when we first see nicholas cage visit his bookie at a sports bar so he's got his bookie this guy that he runs all of his gambling through which i guess you're not allowed to do um so he does all this gambling and he shouts at his bookie as soon as he gets there ronaldo hayes ronaldo and he throws his hands up in the air and he sits down he starts tapping on the table because obviously he's high on coke so after the bookie we get to the scene with the crocodile. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, alligator. Yeah, yeah. We're, in, we're in fucking New Orleans. Nola. Nola. Nola, baby. So there is... So part of the reason that the bookie wanted to meet with Nicolas Cage is because he knows he's a cop and he says, hey, my daughter's got a whole bunch of traffic tickets. Can you get her out of it? So Nick Cage 
finds himself at a traffic accident that was caused by a alligator crawling into the middle of the road and there was like a car flipped or something so he finds this thing guts coming out of it oh yeah it was pretty nasty yeah so he finds this state trooper and he's starting to talk to him like hey can you get my friend out of these tickets or whatever the state trooper gets all pissy and then this girl comes out of nowhere and she's an officer she's not well, right okay so she's i'm sorry <laughs> not just a girl well she's she, another police officer she might as well be but <laughs> <laughs> because her character is very nothing but very yeah, yeah. but so interesting because it makes no sense so <laughs> she must have been a previous colleague of his they mentioned and maybe a previous love interest of his nicholas cage i mean and so she pulls him aside and says oh hey you know i can get you he out of those tickets me, yeah. and as she says that she takes her leg and puts it way up on the roof of the car, like really striking a pose, which mm. I loved. Then Did that scene comes it? to a close, comes to a natural conclusion, that scene, I would say. Then suddenly, <laughs> the camera goes down to the ground level, and we see like the snout of another alligator right in the foreground. So it's almost like we're seeing the perspective through the eyes, through through the the eyes. eyes of the alligator. For like not the dead one, a, a live one for, watching the scene. For like a good 20 seconds. It lasted a while. It was I, notable. Also, in the beginning of this movie, I didn't mention, but when the water was rising in that scene, the whole movie starts with a, like from the almost from the perspective of a snake that's slithering through the water. I know you hate all of those words. And so we'll leave it at that for now. I don't understand why suddenly we're like an hour into this movie and why suddenly we see this movie from the perspective of an alligator. So this is the first instance of this not being written into the screenplay. Fair enough. And this just being the director thinking on the spot, like right before filming. I want an alligator in this scene and I want to see from the eyes of it because I think that'll add a mood to the scene that wasn't there before and i'm all for the artsy fartsy shit sometimes sure i i could be into that yeah this just completely detracts from everything going on and yeah. it makes no sense yeah and it doesn't add to the story nope it doesn't like give any type of metaphorical interest nothing there's no like allegory right what's the metaphor what's the symbolism there isn't no there's none there isn't no there isn't there ain't no symbolism (laughs) i don't know nothing about no symbolism (laughs) um it's just really stupid and waste of our time Mm -hmm. is what it boils down to I completely agree. I, I don't know what else to add to that other than that I agree And with every you. time something like that happens, which it happens a few more times. At least two more times. It lasts an uncomfortable amount Way of too time. Long. Way too much. <laughs> so we saw from the perspective of an alligator. And then we're just back to normal for some reason. Yep. And he's... Never see him again. Uh, nope. And also he's about to have sex with this police officer. And he doesn't because he's too high. And then we never see her again. Yeah, she she gone. She's just gone. So he does go back to the sports bar and visits his bookie again. And he does have a nice little scream here. He says, Two dimes on Louisiana against Georgia. Then 
he decides that, okay, well, now I've got to go see how this stakeout's going. So the whole police force or what have you is staking out one of the other suspects. Are you following? Because I'm... I'm already lost. Right. You know? So he already interrogated the one suspect with the weird handshake thing. (laughs) Now he's after the second suspect. And so they're staking him out. They're waiting for him to come out of his house. And uh, Nick Cage is is in the house across the street with with Val Kilmer. And he goes, uh, what are those two iguanas doing on the table? And Val Kilmer's like, what are you talking about? There's no iguanas on the table. I'm pretty sure he said... Get those fucking iguanas off my coffee table. Yeah, so was this Nick Cage's house? Yes. Is that where he lives? He lives across the street from a murderer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He said my coffee table. Maybe he meant because it's like his stakeout, his crime scene, because he's the lieutenant. Perhaps. Okay. Um, Another instance of... This was not written into the script. And the director was like, how cool would it be to... This is what he said. There's nothing more wondrous than seeing Nick Cage and a lizard together in one shot. (laughs) Well, that we know is true. I need to get that tattooed on my body. (laughs) Nick Cage has a lizard tattoo on his back. Does he really? Yeah. Amazing. He got it before this movie. He got it in like the 90s. Back when it was cool to get a lizard tattoo on your back. That's fair. That was a different time. So anyway, they they nab the other suspect. But most of the scene takes place from the perspective of these iguanas. Oh my god, then they focus on the iguanas for like... Yeah, Steve, come on. Hen, hen, I'm trying to block out this movie as much as humanly possible. And the music plays. Do you remember the music that plays? This isn't... I just wrote, da fuck, question mark. <laughs> So this isn't the harmonica and the whooping. That's later. There is harmonica. Okay. There's no whooping. No whooping. Okay. Because there's a later scene where I talk about how somebody gets killed over distracting harmonica and whooping. I wrote down. (laughs) Not sure what whooping is referring to. Because it's like the harmonica going and then it's just someone going whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was incredible. I think you had already checked out by then. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we see the perspective of the gator. Then we see the perspective of the iguanas who are like biting at the camera. And this lasts way longer than the gator. Oh my God. This, like twice I, as long. I have to say like this lasted a full two minutes. I don't know if it was a full two minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it lasted a full two minutes. I'm pretty sure I read that. Hey, hey, Werner. Uh, listen, we... This like the mo- whole scene was two minutes long. Okay, sure. Hey, Werner, listen, this whole movie here, it's uh, two hours and three minutes. Is there anywhere that you can cut a little bit of time? Anywhere that you think you can cut some time out? Maybe the iguana scene? Oh, we can't. We can't lose the iguana scene. We can't scene. lose the iguana scene. There's nothing more wondrous than seeing Nicolas Cage and a lizard together in one shot. <laughs> fucking Christ. Holy Get me shit. out of this fucking nightmare. Right? Continue. All right, so they're interrogating the second suspect, and Exhibit shows up, and Exhibit is the third suspect, and he's nicely dressed, and he has a lawyer. And so there's a bit of a kind of car does he show up in? (laughs) I don't know. It was probably, you know, he probably mentioned that he loves fucking green. And so his car (laughs) is like covered in moss or some shit. Nice Pimp My Ride reference. Yeah. All right. If you've never seen Pimp My Ride, it was a show hosted by Exhibit where these average Joes would send in a videotape of how horrible their car is and Exhibit and a few other folks who I don't remember Mm -mm. would pimp their ride, would soup up their ride. But they had this knack of being like, 
Yo, my man, he's he needs help with the ladies. So what we did is we tricked out his car with all shit ladies. Like, if you hit this button, a rose comes up from the dashboard. And it's like, why do you need a rose? Just give him a nicer car. Yeah. Like, you don't need to, like... You know, oh, hey, man, we heard you love the summertime, so we put a lap pool in the back of your truck. And it's like, that makes no sense. <laughs> also, how do you maintain that? How do you, how do you, you'd be sloshing around every time you drive. It makes no sense. I'm pretty sure I saw one episode where they, like, installed, like, a like a drum setup or something. Oh, my God. the There was one that I saw that kind of makes sense because the guy was a skateboarder. And so they made, like, a pneumatic... Uh, skate rail like a rail railing came out so that you could like grind on the rail off your car yeah i mean how big could it be it was like a van i know but the rail wouldn't be very that's big. what i mean yeah. like you just can like all day yeah just, just up and ollie down the... ollie up and down on your uh... yeah i don't know that's so stupid and that was the best one folks <laughs> <laughs> well that was the premise of the show so anyway Exhibit is in this movie, and as we established, he is the second of three good actors in this movie. <laughs> yes. And so, but when he shows up with his attorney, the the one thing that he does that is not him being a good a good actor is he has this extremely evil laugh. Do you remember his evil laugh? He basically <laughs> goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't recall. And Exhibit is known for having a very, very like deep <laughs> voice. So anyway, we'll we'll leave it at that. So. Nick Cage, as we mentioned, has issues with drugs and gambling, but he's also got Ava Mendez, who's a prostitute, as a girlfriend, who he's visited a few times by this point in the movie. Super nice apartment. Sure, absolutely. She has. Well, she's she's a high-end prostitute. So How do you become one? I don't know. You just <laughs> are, I guess. You don't have scars or tattoos yeah. or, you know, you're and you're good like, looking. How do you you're Ava Mendez. How do you set your rate to be that high? Well, she's Ava Mendez. She's fair. good looking. It's fair. So what she's doing with a fucking coked out Nick Cage in an actual relationship makes no sense. I mean, he's a police officer and I'm sure prostitution is illegal. Right. So. Yeah, that's fair. So anyway, he goes with, he has to protect the witness, Forrest Whitaker's son. And he goes to her apartment because there's some kind of an emergency or she goes to her client's apartment because there's some kind of an emergency with Forrest Whitaker's son. And he shows up, and the client is some snivelly little guy. There's an argument about whether she did what he paid her for, and, and he didn't pay her. And Ava Mendez has a black eye, so Nick Cage comes in and takes the money from the guy. And the guy says, whoa. I would say maybe 12 to 18 times in a row. It's just, whoa, 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 whoa. And, like, he can't help himself as he leaves the room. He says something along the lines of, like, you've just made a huge mistake. Whoa. Whoa. And then he's, like, he, like, leans his head back in and goes, whoa, one more time. Like, unbelievable. I had to highlight that because there are some crazy choices by other actors in this movie. Do you remember the sup scene? That's coming up. Okay. <laughs> That's towards the end of the movie. So, all right, the next, another, so that was another weird scene. The next weird scene, this one is more Nicolas Cage heavy about how weird it is, is he goes, he loses track of Forrest Whitaker's son, the, the, the guy he's supposed to protect, the witness. So he goes back to the assisted living place. And when... He loses track of Forrest Whitaker's son's grandmom's grandson. 
<laughs> when I know he has a name, Denzel Whitaker. I should just be calling him that. <laughs> He's more than just his father's accomplishments. But so he goes back. Nick Cage goes back, and the nurse, who is the grandmother, and the 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 old woman she's taking care of. This scene wheel their way into the room, and Nick Cage is hiding behind the door. He's got an electric razor in his hand. He's shaving his face. So and this scene was supposed to be, let's mm-hmm. just preface this. This okay. scene was supposed to be mm-hmm. like 10 seconds. Like Nick every Cage, other scene in this movie. Nick Cage gets the information and he leaves. Okay. And then the director was like, Nick, I trust you. Try whatever you want here. Oh my God. And then he went off. So also I and should this mention in this scene, Hannah... When you get a good look at a good look at him in this in this scene, and Hannah just turns to me and goes, "He's so ugly." So, so he's fucking crazy, and he even says it himself. He's like, "I'm on like an hour and a half sleep of the, the last, last three week, days." Yeah. and he's like, "Tell me where your grandson is," and I don't know where he is. And he goes over to the old woman in the wheelchair, not the grandmother, but the other old woman. He removes her oxygen tank, like the tubes out of her nose. Mm-hmm. And he starts, like, fucking harassing. He's like, he's like, tell me where he is or or she'll suffocate. No one knows I'm here, so everybody will think it's you. Yeah, this is all just ad-libbed. Unbelievable. That's why the reaction from the grandma is not good at all. Because she just didn't know what to do because it wasn't in the script. Right. Do you remember, like, just seeing her face when he takes the oxygen out? Like, she was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he is i can't breathe now (laughs) so he finds out the information he needs and then he yells at them you ever think about your kids your grandkids huh sucking up their inheritance through that fucked oxygen tube and benny's fucked intensive care you fucks i hate you i hate you both I should, I should fucking both. Just right now, I should fucking kill you fucking both. You're the fucking reason this country's going down the drain. Hey, remember when Nick Cage wanted uh, his his earnings from that lawsuit donated to elderly abuse? Oh. Because <laughs> he improved the scene that is total elderly abuse. But that was before this Oh, that this was a movie. year before this. Yeah. It was in the middle of filming. <clears throat> Oh, maybe. Yikes. Maybe he felt really guilty about it on the day. <laughs> His lawyers were like, Nick, we won all this money. Like, congratulations. And he's like, and he's like, oh my God, I just berated this just, old lady today. I just did a thing. These poor actresses, they have no idea how to act. I'm out here with the <laughs> pimp my ride guy trying to make something out of nothing. <laughs> yep. Interesting. The very next scene, I don't even remember it. He's at the lawyer's office or something, and I just wrote down, I cannot follow this shit house of a movie. <laughs> um, Nothing makes sense. Let's see. He's Oh, so what they find out is that the old chick that he interrogated and tortured, her son is a congressman or something, so now he's got internal affairs up his ass as well. Oh, let's see. What else do we got? Okay, so he goes back to Ava Mendez's apartment. And when he goes in, he finds that there are two big dudes and one older, very Italian dude. Jewish. Jewish? Yeah, he kept saying, got a nice punum. Oh, I didn't I didn't recognize that at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a very Jewish New Yorker kind of dude. <laughs> yes. And then there's like two big white dudes in there as well. 
with guns. There's like an Asian man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're not describing either of these people It doesn't matter. Nobody who's listening to this is ever going to go be like, oh, you know what? I want to know what the races are of each of those actors. I'm going to go back and look. Who cares? <laughs> so, for You're all the... You're so mean to me. For all... <laughs> I am mean to you. But you keep stopping me to be like, oh, no, that minuscule detail you got wrong. <laughs> You always complain that my family does this. Unbelievable. I've sat through arguments between you and your dad about like what time you need to be at a place or what time you got to a place. And you'll be like, I got there at 710. Your dad will be like, no, it was closer to 715. You'll be like, no, I remember looking at the clock. It was 710. Uh, no, it was closer to 715. Trust me. I was looking at my watch. No, no, no. It was like 711. We got there at t- like, who cares? Who ca- <laughs> You're there. You're there already. Who cares? <laughs> I'm sorry. This movie does things to me. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> right, he listens. <laughs> I will. No lie. I we we did a, a charity run or a charity walk a few years back before COVID when we could actually gather. And you were talking about how Where's old this going? how old someone was no. when they died. Yeah. And he said ninety five, and you said ninety three. And then you found out from some legitimate source that it was actually ninety four when this person died. <laughs> And you go, see, I was right. <laughs> you were both equally wrong. Hi, Dad. Hey, Frank. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, there's a white guy, an Asian guy, and a Jewish guy. Walk into Ava walk Mendes. Walk into a bar. Walk into Ava Mendes' apartment. And apparently these guys are the bosses of the woe guy. That's a, <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And they're like, hey... You know, it was $5,000 that you stole from my boy, and now it's going to be $50,000. And also, my boys here want to have sex with your Ava Mendez. Your Ava Mendez. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, yeah, that's totally fine. I'll get you the money in two days. But Ava Mendez looks like shit, so let her go clean up. And it's not explained why they left, but she's cleaning up, or before he goes to clean up, uh, or before she goes to clean up, he yells at her and says, What are you waiting for? He, like, really snaps at her. Anyway. Okay. Because Internal Affairs is up his ass. Because because of the congresswoman. And also because this Jewish guy who just, uh, you know, interrogated him, so to speak, is well-connected. Nick Cage is put on... He's demoted, essentially. He has to hand in his gun. And he's demoted to uh, the inventory room, which is probably the worst place to put him. But they don't know, I guess, that he has a drug habit. So he gets into the inventory room. Habit. It's, it's an addiction. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. But he sees he sees that there are cameras all over. So what Nick Cage does <laughs> is he stands in a corner and he essentially just starts doing the robot. There's really <laughs> there's really no other way to describe it. He's doing the robot. I, I <laughs> What does he say in this scene? Oh, I don't have any words written down. He but had a weird voice. He, this is where he's at, like the bubble in his throat. <laughs> Because people come in, they're like, hey, we just confiscated, like, a pound of heroin. Here you go. And he's like, oh, let me take that for you. Like, <laughs> like okay. But, uh, let me take that for you. <laughs> right. And he's doing the robot. He's got his arms in the air like a robot would. Because he's trying to avoid the cameras? I don't know. Fucking hell. He's taking up more space by doing that with his body. I have no idea. He eventually tracks down Exhibit. And they start working together. So Nick Cage is like, I have a way of getting drugs. So I'm going to get you drugs and then you give me money, presumably to, to pay off his bookie 
and the Jewish guy who's after Ava Mendez. So he does also then pull over Ronaldo Hayes, who was a football player who I mentioned earlier. <laughs> and he's like, I know who you are. I saw you. And he screams at him. You bought dope. I want you buy dope. Now stand the fuck up. He's like, if you want to keep playing football, you're going to you're going to throw the game for me and then so he bets on the game so that he can win a bunch of money yeah he says either you have to lose but or you have to win by three or lose right yes yeah, so i don't fucking I don't know remember. there were two conditions yeah so then he takes a visit back to his bookie to go bet on this kind of one last ditch effort right and this is where he rolls into the sports bar and goes that's yeah that was all him he doesn't say anything he chose to do and the director allowed it unbelievable how annoying is that i probably put in a clip back there somewhere fucking hell um so he's working with exhibit he goes to exhibit's house where they've got all this uncut heroin or coke or whatever the fuck it is and they're all doing drugs together and Nick Cage is just fucking crazy in this scene. He's insane. And there's probably parts where he screams, so I'll put them in here. You owe me fifteen thousand. I'll take twenty five percent of the dope uncut. Uh, that means you get my price. That's one way of looking at it. The other is you get to keep seventy five percent and not go to prison for the rest of your life. <laughs> So you cut that shit before you sell it. Unless you want to kill the motherfucker who buys it. I was watching TV, the game, right? Ronaldo Hayes, he got tossed the ball and he was running with it. He was running, running, running. He jumped over three linebackers in midair. He sprouted antlers like a gazelle. <laughs> like an elk. <laughs> he landed again. He ran, ran, ran. He scored a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Crack talking. Hey, listen, I'm not worried about you, so don't be concerned about me. Because <laughs> I'm not concerned if you're not concerned, so don't worry, because I'm not really concerned. <laughs> he's talking, and he's talking really fast. He's acting crazy. And then he'll stop and just laugh maniacally. Oh, it's very scary. Absolutely. It's wild. So he's with Exhibit and the two other people that he interrogated earlier. They, you know, the lawyers got them out, essentially. And then? And then... The Jewish dude, the white dude, and the Asian dudes troll in. <laughs> they bust in. They bust in. And... They're like, give me my money. It's been two days. Right. And so Exhibit, now working with Nicolas Cage, lights up these three dudes. And they die. Great. Then but... the harmonica kicks in. In the whooping that I mentioned. <laughs> do you know why? What do you mean, why the harmonica and the... Do, do you recall what happens? Yes, oh, okay. I do. <laughs> But so the music kicks in first, I believe, as they're dying. And then Nick Cage is laughing and he's going crazy. And he goes, shoot him again, Exhibit. I mean, he doesn't call him, call him Exhibit. <laughs> but he goes, shoot him again, Exhibit. His soul is still dancing. His soul is still dancing. And then they got a break dancer who looks nothing like the old Jewish guy <laughs> to wear the old Jewish guy's clothes and break dance in the middle of the floor until to Exhibit... the whooping sh- and the harmonica. Yes. And so that's another thing that the director decided to Oh, is that not in the script? Put on and shoehorn on into the scene to make it more artsy. Absolute nonsense. So 
those guys are dead, so he's back at the precinct, and that woe client guy comes in, and he's like, hey, we're all good. I don't want any trouble anymore. All debts are forgiven, blah, blah, blah. And then his bookie shows up, and he's like, hey, that game went great. I can't believe you made such a right call. Here's $10,000. So, And then his captain comes in and goes like, hey, we found drugs on exhibit, so we're going to go get them. All right, we got probable cause or whatever the fuck. So everything is suddenly great in Nick Cage's world. Oh, and then after that, he's back at his dad's house where Ava Mendez has been holding up after the whole thing went down with the Jewish guy, white guy, and Asian guy. Oh, you never mentioned. Right. Okay, so (laughs) a previous scene. (laughs) Nick Cage, Ava Mendez is like, I can't stay here because her and Jennifer Coolidge, who is Nick Cage's stepmom, don't get along. (laughs) Well, you didn't even mention why he brought her to his dad's house. Well, because of the interrogation, and he brought her there as well because they have a she has a his dad has a dog that Ava Mendez was, was taken care, care of. of. This there's so oh, there's a there's lot so many details. So Ava Mendez does not get along with Jennifer Coolidge, who is married to Nicolas Cage's dad, and she's an alcoholic, and Nick Cage's dad is a recovering alcoholic yes. who now is an AA. Yes, and he convinces Ava Mendez to go cold turkey well yeah or or to go to rehab go to rehab so but before all that nick cage is like it's okay you can live here trust me i'm gonna show you something and takes her out to the shed oh my god and tells this long boring story (laughs) about pirates he he ad-libbed all of that of course he fucking did and he was like when i was a kid my mom would tell me that there were pirates and that they buried treasure over beyond the tree over there and the camera zooms in on like Ava Mendez's face and she's just giving this cheesy smile like oh I love this story and it's just horrible and he said and then I got a metal detector and one day I went out by the tree and I heard the boop 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 and I dug up the silver spoon and I was so happy and then so now flash forward to the end of the movie where (laughs) after all this shit's gone down everything's good in his life he goes over to his dad's house Ava Mendez is lying down in one of the beds he takes out a silver spoon, rubs it on her face. A rusty it's super spoon. super rusty. And he just goes, I found a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I found a spoon. And uh, yeah, so they go and they arrest Exhibit, even though they've been working together. And he does scream at uh, Val Kilmer, whose apparently name is Stevie. I had no idea Val Kilmer's name was Stevie in this movie until this scene, which is like the second to last scene. Already forgot Val Kilmer was in this movie. He screams. I said, cut the motherfucker, Stevie! Uh, Then another flash forward, must be a few months later. It's another award ceremony. He's getting promoted again. Nick Cage gets bad lieutenant. Promoted to bad captain. Bad captain. Ava Mendez is pregnant. Jennifer Coolidge looks much much better. Presumably she's clean. Her His dad's clean. And they're all like, hey, we're one big happy family. Then he goes back to the club where he made that dude watch him bang his girlfriend and steals more drugs from another young couple. Doesn't have sex with her this time. Then he goes to a hotel room to go and do these drugs. And room service comes in. Mm-hmm. And not only does room service come in, it is knock, 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 room service. And Nick Cage is like, I didn't order any room service. And the guy comes in anyway and he's like, Yes. Also, Nick Cage doesn't try to hide his drugs. He doesn't. Either. They're just there on the and table. the room service guy, he's like, ah, sorry, I must have the wrong room. But he just comes in and sits down. because he's like, he, wait a second. I recognize you. I know you. You're Officer Nick Cage. You saved my life. I was drowning in that cell in from Hurricane of, of Katrina. Hurricane of Katrina. <laughs> I, said, I don't I know why I said that. that. Um, but and he's like, you saved my life, man. He's like, what can I do for you? And Nick Cage is like... 
I don't know, he just looks at him and then they're at the aquarium. Yeah, another thing that the director added at the last second. And um, Nick Cage says something like, I can't believe I ruined my underpants jumping into the water looking for you. Oh, yeah, because his underwear was $55. Yeah, that was like part of him being a douche in the beginning. He was like, I don't want to jump in and ruin my $55 underwear. That was like the last, that was, I'm pretty sure that was the last line in the movie. It was. He said, I can't believe I ruined my underwear for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the aquarium with the prison. Uh, an aquarium. Mm-hmm. An aquarium. Aqu- and, and yeah, of course. And that's the movie. Holy fucking shit, Han. This movie sucked. I hated it. I hated it. Sup. Sup. <laughs> whoa. 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 I, I throughout the movie kept thinking what is going to be the worst scene <laughs> they all and i struggled are. to pick one yeah they're all really horrible and there's like 60 of them there's a lot to choose from so let's get into the awards fantastic sorry uh, do you have any last minute thoughts no i think i mentioned them all oh one of my closing thoughts that i wrote down was kill me now would you ever watch this again fuck no would you recommend no this to a friend? no we no, asked, no you haven't asked me that in a while. no because i think i get the gist from your general tone you also don't care anymore yeah i don't care about you anymore no i get it <laughs> that's not true dear i'm just so tired of these yeah <laughs> we've done 57 Oy. all right um <laughs> Nick Cage Awards, Best Supporting Actor. I think you have three options. It's Denzel Washington's son. Forrest, Forrest <laughs> Whitaker. Denzel Whitaker. Denzel Whitaker. I meant Denzel Whitaker. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Yeah, he was good. Exhibit was surprisingly good, except, except for that evil laugh. laugh. And Jennifer Coolidge was actually really good yeah, as well. Yeah, she was really good. But and like, there's a dog. I like Denzel. Yeah, the dog was cute. But, but we'll give it. you said it was a gorgeous dog. It was a good looking dog. I've never heard you say that about yeah. an animal in my life. Right. People who don't know me personally, but listen to this podcast. I'm not, I'm just never been a really big pet guy. I didn't really grow up with pets. Pretty soon. I'm not getting a pet. I don't want a pet. Fucking hell. We're getting gonna, one apparently. God damn it. It's going to show up one day. Best dressed. He really only wears that like grayish say suit. The, the gun sticking out of the front of his pants. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, worst scene. I don't know how you're going to pick this one. Dude literally the whole movie yeah i mean there are so many scenes that i glossed over that i didn't even talk about i don't know i fern to spur <laughs> or is that too good no yeah that one i hated that scene <laughs> i fern to spur like, no like the the scene where he talks about oh the pirate story the pirate story that was that was so bad it was horrible okay perfect <laughs> uh best nick cage scene they were all nick cage scenes i don't think he was in a single scene or was not in a single scene you know what i mean it's probably him acting crazy on drugs at, near at the, the end. end of the movie. See, yeah, but for me, it's between that or and the pharmacy. The pharmacy. Um, I don't really. Scream might be the pharmacy. Okay, so I might want to give the scene to a different. That day. was a wild scene, and then yeah, because then those guys burst in and they get shot, and he goes, "They're still dancing." The soul, his soul is still <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, uh, the best scream. Do you think it's that's the pharmacy? That's in the pharmacy, but I forget like what he says. I just remember being like, "Wow, that's some I think good screaming." The part of the scream that sticks out to me the most is, "Can I get my prescription, please?" please. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so nouveau that's shamanic. The most nouveau shamanic moment. There are a lot in this one. 
You could say his voice. You could say that handshake that we loved. <laughs> his um, robot. Oh my god, he does the robot at some point. The I mean, whenever he's high on drugs, he's crazy. He's like tapping the table. He's throwing his arms in the air. That crazy laugh he does in that scene that you awarded. I kind of want to give it. I kind of want to give the most nouveau shamanic moment to Nick inspiring the director to make close-ups of animals of reptiles of reptiles because they probably mate in a way that's distinguished so i'm sure that <laughs> nick cage would eat a lizard if he got the opportunity and the break dancing like i feel like that that's super nouveau shamanic and you think it came from and him. i think it i don't think it came from him but i think that if it were a different actor in the movie the director wouldn't have felt so mm. inspired hmm. okay yeah i'm fine with is that is that a cop-out yeah you know i mean i think it's okay okay, so that and then also um i I just feel like he does so much crazy shit in this movie that he does so much we should award it to something that he does yeah maybe we could do a co-winner we could do two things his inspiring of the director to do stupid shit and also something else yeah but like what how do you choose yeah there's so much um i mean if it's me, it's the, maybe the handshake. But it's pretty weird. Maybe maybe the maybe the whole scene where he says I'll fucking kill you fucking both. That whole scene is pretty weird where he's interrogating the old ladies and he went off book for that. Yeah. That's pretty new though. <laughs> I like that. All right, two things. <laughs> Those two scenes. Oh boy. All right, Han. Where where are we ranking this one? Towards the bottom, that's for sure. Yeah. So here's the thing. I hmm. mean, the movie was horrible. I absolutely hated it. Would never watch it again. Yeah. But there's so much cagey. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shit. That I feel like it needs to rank higher than I want it to. <laughs> okay. Um, you know. Yeah. So where do you think? Perhaps this movie falls. Keep going up uh, above guarding tests. Above right? guarding tests. Okay, so above guarding tests is where we were last week with G Force. So, like you said, I mean, I'd rather watch G Force again, but this yeah. is so cagey that I feel like it needs to go above that. Oh, man, I think it should go way below that. Where do Where do you want to put it? Ooh, there's nothing else down there that's as cagey. Wow. Oh, wild we at did, heart. We did compare it to Wild at Heart, so maybe we should put it around Wild at Heart. Zandali is pretty cagey. Okay, put it around Wild at Heart because I did make that draw. Okay, Wild at Heart is 44. Um, what it, is 43? Firebirds. Okay. I'd rather watch Firebirds again. So if okay. it's that, put it below Firebirds and above Wild at Heart. All right, so that'll be number 44 then. It's great. <laughs> This movie really crushed our personalities. Our dancing souls. Our souls, yeah. They are no longer dancing. Um, Speaking of soul crushing, What's next, next week, week, we are watching another animated movie. No. Astro Boy. No. Yeah, based on... he play? I think he plays like the villain or something. He doesn't play Astro Boy. He can't play a boy? I, that you, never, you never know with Nicholas fucking cage you're right he did have a voice in g-force i am looking forward to after astro boy is actually a good movie it's called kick-ass it's a it's another comic book movie and he has a very small role 
but he's actually quite good in it. And then is it Ghost Rider 2? Oh, no, that's that's actually much further than we expected. What's after that? All right, so it goes Astro Boy Kick-Ass, The, Sorter- the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Fuck. Season of the Witch, no. Drive Angry, Oh. Seeking Justice, Trespass, then Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So if we're on track uh, and we maybe skip a weekend for Thanksgiving, we will be watching Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance in mid-December. Wow. Yeah. Wait, is the Sorcerer's Apprentice going to be around Halloween or no? Oh, good question. No. Uh, yeah. It'll be, like it'll be 11-1. Wow. So that'll be perfect. That's, yeah. In the week before is a superhero uh, comic book movie, which is cool. also another And Season Halloween of the Witch is, is after. after that. Yeah, so we're in spooky season. So, so spooky. <laughs> I'm spooked. All right, folks. This has been a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm looking at the clock right now. It says we've been going for an hour 15. With Jeez, clips, it might be Christ. above or below that. I'm sorry, everyone. But we had a lot to say about this movie, and I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us shit on this movie. Maybe you understood the plot. I did not. It was a tough one. It like, was really, like really said, challenging. It took, it took all of lot, our energy a lot, to figure out what this plot was. I'm tired. I need to go to bed now. Fair enough. And with that, <laughs> now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Now.